Good morning, mums. I am doing today's podcast with Kate from It's uh, It's Not Kate's Time. Um, we're actually, I just wanted to do a full disclosure before we get started because we're actually recording this in my car on the top of Fairly Hill, <laughs> which we were going to go to my beautiful office that you guys have seen, but it's too far away. It's up the other end of the coast and Kate's um, in Burley this morning, so I thought it would be easier to just do it like this. So if you hear any background noise or dogs barking, we're actually sitting on beautiful Burley headland in the car. So um, we'll get started now. So this is Kate. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. Good morning, everybody. I'm Kate from It's Not Kate's Time. Um, I have uh, my store in Burley, Maison and Maison, so some of you may or may not uh, know my story so far. Okay, so I want to start from the beginning. Can you tell me a little bit about your life so far and um, what's kind of led you to this point now? Yeah, yeah, look, I um, I am English. I moved here 20 years ago. This was my first stop backpacking and I loved it so much I'm still here. I've predominantly lived mainly on the Gold Coast. Um, I've lived in Burley for about six years. I have my lovely little shop. Um, originally, I started a market stall. It went so well that I opened up Maison and Maison on James Street in Burley about three years ago. Um, I'm a solo parent of um, a little girl called Annabelle. She's divine. She's now three. Um, we have a beautiful, close relationship, as um, Layla and Eva do, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, as being, being, being solo parents. Um, and life's, you know, other than... Other than having cancer, life's pretty, pretty fantastic. Pretty, pretty, pretty great. I'm happy. Yes, I'm happy. awesome. And I just want to side note before we jump into these quite hard-hitting questions that Kate actually, if you were to look at her, you would never, ever know in a million years that she is unwell. Never. Um, and I always say this to anyone that asks me, oh, I saw that you've met Kate and what was she like and everything. And I always say like the whites of the people's eyes tell so much, I think, about their health. So if you look at mine today, they're pretty shady. They're not very white. Kate, I'm actually, looking at mine now. Kate's Hang on. <laughs> They're glowing. They're glowing. <laughs> they are. She's absolutely glowing. And you just, you would never, ever know by looking at her. And I always say to people, oh, my God, it made me so paranoid because she looks so much healthier than me. Um, so I think that's also a testament to, like, your healing and everything oh, that thank you've you. done to thank this you. point. Um, so we'll dive right in now. Um, can you take me back to the moment they told you um, that you did have cancer? And did you have any symptoms prior to those words that jumped out at you? Is there anything that others can be aware of? Um, it really hard. No, I mean they're, they're two sort of almost separate questions. There, um, I had some aches and pains. I was going to the gym a lot. I was training hard. Um, there's nothing that said to me, look, this could possibly be cancer. I was coughing blood in April last year. I went to the doctors twice, um, and I was told it was bronchitis. That was a bit of a worry. Whenever you cough blood, you've got to be a little bit, um, yeah. little bit wary. But I trusted my doctors. I trusted the medical professionals. So if I'm told, look, it's bronchitis, go away, you know, then that's exactly what I did. It was only when I got a pain in my chest last October that I went back to the doctors and things were taken seriously. So, yeah, the pain in my chest led to us, uh, an X-ray, then a CT scan, and then um, eventually the diagnosis about a week later to say you do have lung cancer, stage four, terminal. Um, the cancer was pretty aggressive, so it was already in my lymph system, in my lymph nodes, my liver, my hips, spine, shoulders, um, ribs. So, yeah, the day of diagnosis will be a day I will never, ever forget. Um, I was told, look, you have cancer. I mean, that's pretty awful. 
Um, but I was told they were going to give you chemo and radiation, and I presumed that, okay, well, look, I've got a struggle ahead, but I know there's going to be a cure. Um, and then two minutes later, I was told there is no cure for you, Kate. There's nothing that we can do for you. We give you perhaps six to 24 months to live. That's mm. if the medication works. Um, at that point, your world sort of stops spinning momentarily. Um, yeah. My first thought went, of course, to my daughter. Her father's not around. My parents um, live in England, so it's just her and I. Uh, and I thought, what will happen to my little girl? Will she go to my friends? Will she be adopted? Will she go to her other grandmother? And that's all I could think about, really. Yeah, that's a, so deep. It was, a, was, a, was a horrible, horrible day. Yeah, that's absolutely... I can't even imagine it. Like, being a solo mum myself, I literally cannot imagine. Like, it gives me goosebumps because I think, as a solo mum, you're so worried about what if something happens like, or, you know, oh, whether it's cancer or a car accident or something really absolutely. takes you quickly. Yes. And you just, I, I know myself, I, I worry about that. So to have that as a reality at that time would have been terrifying. It can, it can exactly. And it's not something I've never thought about before. Um, I had a loose will in place and things, but actually if I suddenly wasn't here tomorrow, what would be my little girl's future it's, it's quite scary to think about and maybe it's something that we all do need to think about yeah that's right um, I, I plan to be here for a very long time to come but reality says you know that may not happen um and so I now have things in place for Annabelle oh that's awesome I'm glad to hear um so you have such a beautiful inspiring outlook on dealing with this illness and one that I found to be really unique so can you tell me a little bit more about your outlook and, and mainly like what inspires that and obviously the drive is probably Annabelle oh 100% Annabelle um I don't th I mean I know that I would not be as driven as I am to survive if it wasn't for my little girl she is my absolute She's my fighting force. I, I sometimes feel it's, it's almost like she's put on the earth to save my life. I will do anything and everything possible to save my life and to be here for my little girl. Annabelle needs her mummy more than anything in the world. She needs me, so I will do whatever it takes. I will spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. I will travel to the other side of the world. Yeah. I will put my life on hold for as long as I need to to make sure that I survive this. So... Um, but look, I'm, 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 I'm very, very blessed to feel as well as I do, to look as well as I do. Um, and I think when you feel good and look good, it's, you know, it, it, it's easy to be positive. Um, but I think it's, it's, it's solid positivity. I don't think it's, it's, um, it, it's very real. It's very real. I'm not, I'm not, there's no show in my positivity. Uh, there's yeah. no, there's no fakeness to it. I, I feel great. I feel good. And I feel I'm going to, I feel I'm going to live. Yeah. I mean, looking at your Instagram, that positivity really shows and it really shines brightly, like compared Brilliant. to other people's Instagram that are going through that same thing. I must Brilliant. say, like yours really sparkles and I think it would give hope to so many people. And I think even meeting you in person, definitely, you can see that. You just shine. Oh, like, thank you. really you. do. Thank you. And I think, obviously, I've met you prior to this coming into the shop, and I've always kind of thought that about you anyway. But I think having this, it's obviously more people are seeing it. There's more of an audience that are seeing that Great. about you, which is awesome. Um, so you have been documenting your journey on your Instagram page called It's Not Kate's Time. For those of you that want to follow along, it does have a couple of underscores on there. So I will link it in uh, with this episode for you. Um, I've been following along in absolute awe of your strength and determination during what has been like the absolute fight of your life. So what inspired you to speak so openly about this? Well, at the very beginning, um, 
I was adamant I wanted it kept under wraps. I don't want people knowing my business. I don't want people talking about me. I don't want people, you know, I'll bring their mate and think, oh, that's that, that's that chick with cancer. I don't want to be that girl with cancer. But owning a store on James Street in a small community in a little town, um, word was out. I know that word was out. So someone from the beauticians had spoken to one of the hairdressers and then they told somebody and I got a phone call to say, oh, my mate said that you're dying of cancer. At which stage you shake your head in bewilderment and think, I've not even been diagnosed yet. So how you know I've got cancer? I don't know. Um, it's just the way of the world. And so you have two options. You're like, okay, deny it to, to the gossipers or you just say, look, here I am. This is the story. So that's exactly what I did. I had no idea that I would um, have the following that I do on Instagram. It has absolutely blown blown me away. I find it very therapeutic. It's almost like journaling for me. It's yeah. like writing down how I feel on a daily basis. It's cathartic. And yeah, yeah and it almost yeah. holds me accountable really to, to think how do I feel and what will yeah. I put into my story today? Am I feeling happy? Am I sad? Am I up? Am I down? Am I missing Annabelle? Am I pissed off with the world? Am I angry? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's why I decided to be open about it. Yeah. And I think, like, within my own uh, story, I think I was really hesitant to share about my story as well. And I was really ashamed. Like, I was really embarrassed. Like, oh, my God, I've been left pregnant. This doesn't happen to no, anyone. No. I was mortified. <laughs> so I know within my own story, I can definitely relate that when you do start sharing and people start actually opening up and responding in a positive way, that it really does, it makes a difference to your journey. It was a huge step and it was a fantastic step for me because I I know nothing about cancer. I still know nothing about cancer. I don't want to know about cancer. I just need to know how to heal it. Um, The advice, the direction, the positivity, the care, the kindness that has been sent to me and Annabelle is outstanding it's 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 just given me that lift on dark days that I've really needed but there's a there's a lot of help out there and people will come forward and they will share their stories and their direction and their advice it's it's a beautiful thing I'm really happy yeah, I mean, I, I think it's amazing. And I, there is obviously a little bit of a dark side to Instagram, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, the dicks of Instagram. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, there really is that that little bit of a dark side, but the light always wins. And yes, it I does. That, it does. Um, in sharing your story, like, it's helped so many people. And obviously, more and more people are looking into doing things slightly differently than they've been advised by the medical industry, I which I so. think is awesome. I hope so. Um, so, yeah, I think it's what you're doing is just amazing and sharing it and you know it it and people always say to me oh you know I can't believe that you share things as raw as you do and they might even say that to you as well but it's it's not just about us it's also about the bigger community and the people that it reaches out and kind of filters Most in and helps their definitely, life definitely absolutely 100% because I always say to my followers like you what you guys give to me is equal as much as what I give back yep, to you. Like I I feel like I'm not parenting alone because I've got 30,000 women that I can say, hey, what do you think about this? So I'm sure within your own situation, even though you were over in Mexico and that might have been a little bit more solo for you, you still have, you know, eight, oh, eight something I still, thousand I still have that support in Mexico. I mean, some days were quite lonely. So what did I do? I turned to Instagram yeah. and I'd answer questions, do questions and answer, or I'd be, you know, chatting to people. And um, I've got friends around the world um, that I've made. I haven't yeah. met lots of them, but, um, you know, we're organising catching up and hanging out and, yeah. you know, we send each other gifts and it's it's, it's beautiful. It's, yeah. um, it's a big wide world out there. It's, it's, it's beautiful to be connected through Instagram. Yeah, it is. It is gorgeous. 
Um, so I wanted to quickly mention your post the other day, which I will call a letter to Dick, which I think was awesome. <laughs> um, and I think that you really handled that in true Kate style. There is going to be people out there like that along this journey. So let's recap on the message that you have for those people. <laughs> well, um, I mean, we normally like Dick, but in this situation, <laughs> I wasn't very keen on Dick. It was um, was a, a lady that we called Dick because she she offended me somewhat and she pretty much pissed me off. Um, now, she she was obviously anti alternate therapies. She thought I was being um, non transparent. She thought that I and pushing too much of the natural therapies and I'm not explaining myself about um, the medication that I've been put on here in Australia so cut a long story short when I was diagnosed I was put onto a targeted therapy drug given six to 24 months perhaps now I need better odds than that solar parent three-year-old daughter no yeah. dad around I need better odds so I went off to Mexico it's my understanding that my treatment and my healing is coming predominantly from Mexico because even on these drugs which are issued by the hospital here, they're not saying they're going to save my life. They're not going to extend my life by more than a few few months. Now, this lady did get a little bit up in arms and thought I was leading everybody up the garden path and we had a few heated words. So. There are going to be people that don't want to follow my story, don't agree with me. Same in in, in, in any circumstance. Yeah. Everyone's there's a there's a saying, I don't know if I should say it. Opinions are like assholes. We all have one. Now sometimes <laughs> you should really keep yours to yourself, really, I think. There is online etiquette that really if you wanna wanna <laughs> you wanna discuss something, but maybe you should DM as opposed to slamming yeah. it on someone's page. So um, so I'm getting lost in our little story. Yes. Here. What was the question? Um, you, Let's uh, like your message to the people that are are not believing in it, or they think that you're not being they transparent. They don't have to you're... be. Look, I'm happy to answer any questions. If someone wants to DM me a question, say, look, what, what what's your answer to this? I'm happy to do that, but don't do it in such an aggressive manner um, that I have to respond back and call you a dick. Yeah. Really? Well, that, yeah. That, <laughs> I mean, I know what those types of people are like because I deal with them a lot. But oh, I, I'm I mean, sure you do. I deal them within a way where I'm not actually fighting for my life behind the scenes. So when I saw, I mean, I myself wanted to really kind of have words with this woman. I refrained, but I just thought you just can't believe the height of some people. And I think especially when it comes to difference in opinions of natural therapies and things like that, I think women or people in general, they get so up in arms about, no, this is the right way and this is how things should be done. So um, we, all have, well, we all have a voice and we're all welcome to use it. You just have to understand how to use it, I suppose. My little um, Instagram page, it's still a small Instagram page. It's set up for me and my daughter um, and it's just outlining our path. I've never preached about natural western medicines i've never preached about hospitals gps uh, chemotherapy radiation i'm telling my story of what i'm doing of how i'm choosing to take my path of cancer how i'm choosing to move forward yeah. um what i'm doing to get overseas to be treated i'm very open about that so um everyone's got an opinion you, you're welcome to it but um just angle your anger in in a certain way i suppose not publicly on my page please 
Yes, that's exactly right. And I think with that whole side of the thing where people get so up in arms about their opinion is they're only coming from a place that they're educated by and that they know and they're, they're saying what they feel is correct. And I think that yes. that's what baffles me sometimes is Entirely. we're all just doing our our best kind of get through life really. Yeah. And I think in your instance, good on you for handling that so well. So I'm glad that you have that <laughs> message for the people. If you haven't read it, do go and check it out um, because I think it's really quite funny. <laughs> You will enjoy it. Um, so now here is where your strong fight for life is totally and utterly proven, which I think is awesome. So let's talk about your diagnosis and what did the doctors here in Australia originally diagnose you with and how long did they give you to live? We've kind of touched base on that. We did, bit, yeah. So just um, uh, in a nutshell, um, maximum 24 months. Uh, this was given in October, so I'm almost at the six-month point, and I can tell you I'm feeling fighting fit. I don't think I'm going to kick the bucket anytime soon. No. Um, yeah, that's. Well, was, look, I, I'm like, there was no hope at surviving this. Um, I asked for an operation. They said no, we can't do you too far gone. Um, I luckily wasn't offered chemotherapy, but I was put on a targeted drug. I was just offered palliative care, basically. I was that's, offered yeah. palliative care, full stop. That's horrible, isn't it? That's, that's. I mean, I myself, like, I could not imagine them ever saying that to me, let alone when you're a single mother, that would just be terrifying. Oh, so, horrific, horrific. Um, and I do remember reading that you felt the traditional medicine and doctors here had let you down as such um, and that you felt totally lost in the system. So what advice do you have for someone else out there that is feeling the same way that may be dealing with similar things to what you were dealing with? I suppose you just have to have that voice. You have to rattle the cage. You have to understand that you're not a statistic. You're not a number. You are a person and you are needing to live. You need to have a GP that understands. You need to have an oncologist. You need to have someone at the end of the phone. Um, these services must be provided. I don't have those things. Um, but in saying that, and I'm sure we'll get to it, I've chosen to be treated overseas and I feel I'm fully um, nurtured and cared for from a beautiful clinic in Mexico. But you you have a voice, be sure to use it. If you don't feel brave enough, get someone on your behalf to make a phone call to the hospital, to the GP, whether that's a husband, a sister, a mother, a brother, um, make sure that you are known about. Yeah. That's amazing. We're just going to stop there for a moment and we'll have a little break and then we'll come back and chat to you guys in a minute.